Welcome back to another episode of the Master Marketer Show. And for those of our long-term, long-time listeners that have been listening in, you will know that I have been MIA and Mike has been hosting this show valiantly on his own. But listeners, I am back and I'm so excited with today's episode. We have Casey Maxwell joining us today. He is the CMO at Provisions Group. He's also a published author. author. And if you haven't, if you've got little ones at home, grab a copy of the book. It's called The Boy With Horns. Absolutely love it. We've read it with our daughter. She was so excited uh, to meet Casey, actually, in our pre-interview. And she was so excited to know that he's the author of this book. Um, Casey, in addition to being the CMO and a published author and a dad and a husband and all the things, he's actually just launched a company of his own called Sketchwell. And if you know Casey, you've probably seen his amazing illustrations on LinkedIn. Sketchwell works with authors, speakers, and small small businesses to help them clarify their messages through really dynamic and exciting sketches that Casey himself does on his own. So Casey, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Gabby. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Well, we have a couple of quick announcements at the end of this episode, so everyone, please hang on. And Mike, over to you. Over to me. So, Casey, where I'd love to start is, you know, we're going to talk about personal brands, activating on LinkedIn, all that fun stuff. But before we get into that, you know, you're you're a CMO in a fairly new role. I forget what, three, four months, something like that. Yeah, close to that. Um, and, you know, you've built up a really strong following for yourself on LinkedIn. And, you know, the sketches are a big part of that, et cetera. Um, you know, Talk to me about the mindset that you as a leader uh, need to have coming into this new role and trying to get other folks activated. Cause I can, you know, I've, I've been there and I, I, I know that some of the thoughts are, well, yeah, this is easy for you. You've got, you know, 30,000 followers or whatever it may be. Um, what do I do? Yeah. the It's a, it's a great question because it's easy to, forget how much you know and how much you have experienced when you're trying to teach somebody else. So I've been, I've been on the platform, uh, you know, for a long time, but it was mainly just uh, looking for jobs or just posting updates, kind of keeping a virtual resume. And it wasn't until in maybe, maybe August of 2020, where, you know, everyone's kind of trapped at home a lot more and not doing things. And so I thought this would be a great opportunity to just start leaning in here. I started seeing this type of community uh, developing in LinkedIn that, that was changing. And so I just kind of jumped in and I didn't start doing sketches. I just kind of started saying, I'm just going to meet people. I, I absolutely hate networking. I don't like going to networking events. I don't like going to these things um, because it always feels like you're just trying to get me to buy your thing and you're not really wanting to get to know me. But there was something that I started sensing here that was like, Hey, you can just get out here and start talking. Right. And people will talk with you and you get to meet people and interact. And I was talking to people uh, uh, across the, the country, right across the ocean, like in different. And, and I'm like, there's no way I would have ever met these people. So I started having all of these great experiences. And then I started doing sketch noting uh, and putting that out there. And that started, helping really grow my following. 
And so I started seeing all these positive results to the point where when I left my previous role and I posted, uh, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for a new role. The amount of outreach that I got, even, you know, one guy basically offered me, uh, a, a pretty high up role in his company without, uh, me interviewing. Cause he said, I've been following you for two years. I see what you post. I understand the way you think, and I want that in my organization. And so I have all of this context, all this context of, wow, LinkedIn can be amazingly powerful. But when I go to talk to somebody else, they're all the way back to me in 2020, when I just started getting on here and saying like, what could it be? They're used to, hey, this is where people look for jobs only, right? This is the place where as a salesperson, I prospect and the way that I prospect is I'm going to reach out and try to connect with you to pitch my services to you. And so entering, entering into that, like there's this excitement that I have. And there's also this sort of like, what on their side? It's just, it's a foreign, it's a foreign language that I'm speaking. Cause I'm, I'm basically telling you what you think you know about something is wrong or that it's changed. And that is hard for anybody to hear because they like, if they had never heard of LinkedIn and it was 100% new, it would be very different. And I could just be like, guys, I'm going to introduce you to this new place, but because they know, and they've used it, some use it every day. It's hard for me to come in and say, no, no, it's actually this, this other thing. So the mindset that I have to keep going over in my head is one, I can't say it once. And two, it's going to take time for them to get and see what I see. So I've got to have that mindset that this is not a one and done thing. It's something I'm going to have to keep doing over and over and over for it to take root. I, I, I love everything you've just said because you really do, do see this mindset shift, mindset shift that has taken place. Um, you know, I think it was accelerated during COVID. I know Mike and I, we also felt that as well. But it really started, you know, the very early adopters, and I would say the, the the vanguards of bringing in this new LinkedIn started well before that. Probably, I would say, when Mike and I started noticing it, it was probably 2008, 2019, but it was so, by so few people and, and just like little little bubbles coming up to the surface, not nothing big, um, but really that that big swell happened in 2020. And you're right. You know, there are still a ton of people out there. I don't know what the percentage is now, but something like 90% or more of, of LinkedIn, uh, uh, people that have LinkedIn profiles are, are not using it the way that that people are using it today, that the 10% of the people are using it. And so you're absolutely right that there, you know, you are probably one of the the few in that time that jumped on that wave and said, okay, I'm going to surf this thing out and I'm going to, I'm going to jump on that wave and I'm going to really lean in and talk about myself and talk about what I believe and talk about my point of view in marketing. Um, But you're right that, that for a lot of people, it's, this is foreign. So this mindset that you're talking about, what are some of the, 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 you know, you mentioned talking about it and educating them and, and um, kind of holding their hand through this. What are some of the mindsets that you've seen on your team and how are you really helping them to make the switch over to a new mindset 
around LinkedIn and around specifically around using it for sales activities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm, I'm generally an outgoing person. I've kind of always been that. And, um, as I've moved up the ranks in leadership, you're just, you're kind of forced to be that outgoing person as you are trying to lead and, and, and guide. Um, but I've noticed that there's a lot of people in my company um, and just a lot of people that I've interacted with that are not, they, they love one-on-one. They'll have great conversations one-on-one and a lot, there's a lot of salespeople that are awesome one-on-one or, you know, one in a small group, right? They are just awesome. But you say, Hey, I want to put you in front of uh, 20 people. I want to put you in front of a hundred people. All of a sudden it's like, no, thank you. I want to, I want to be standing in the back and then we can do a mix and mingle afterwards where I can do some one-on-one conversations. And some of that is, is confidence. Some of it is they've just never operated that way. So funny story uh, around that is, so I've got a, a, he's a good buddy of mine. We've worked together for about seven years. We worked together at a previous company. Now we work together at provisions group and uh, he is our VP of advisory. And he is one of the people that we are leaning into as, as a thought leader for our company, getting out there and helping, helping guide the conversation of what provisions group thinks about specific topics. And he, we, we had the kickoff meeting. He kind of started posting, he posted one or two times and then he got busy. And then, so I I put together a meeting and the meeting invite was uh, LinkedIn like strategy, like let's let's talk about this. And in the in the description, I said, uh, want to talk about strategies to to increase uh, the amount of consistency that happens, the amount of frequency that that posting. And so as we start going through the meeting, we're we're going, and he goes, I, I think you should have just uh, retitled this meeting. My CMO thinks I suck at LinkedIn. And, and I just, I started laughing and I was like, I don't think you suck at LinkedIn. I'm trying to, to help you get better. And I was like, but hold on. When, when he told me the reason why he was not posting is he's like, I start going down a path and then I start thinking, well, do I have enough info of this? Like, well, what is this group going to think? And I need to go back and then I second guess. And then I put it aside and I move on. And and that's one thing that's holding me back. And I said, I said, you just got to push through that, man. You're never, you're never going to have all the answers. You're never going to have every bit of solid. You're not like putting together a research report, right? This is, this is something you've experienced that you've seen that you're just sharing to start a conversation around. And so he's like, he's like, oh yeah, I should, I should post that my CMO thinks I suck at LinkedIn. I said, you should, I'm like, (laughs) just, just post that. And then tell, tell them why I said that you don't. And so he did, he posted, that was his headline. Like my CMO, Casey Maxwell thinks I suck at LinkedIn and that I need to stop being in my head so much. I need to stop worrying about having all the answers or any of this sort of imposter syndrome, anything. And I just need to post it And the amount of interaction and like comments, reposts, all of that kind of stuff was, was really big for, for him, right. From what he is posting previously. And it just had this thing where it's like, now people see the human side of him. They see that he's a, actually, he's a guy that is just like everybody else that has all these doubts that has, that is not perfect. And it is just trying to figure this thing out. And when people see that, they see the human side and people like working with humans. And so the more that, whether you're a sales team member or, you know, we, we have an advisory team that we're really leaning into getting out there, uh, you have to mix in this 
human side with your business side. So in, in almost all the posts that I do, I'm, I'm giving some sort of like thought, but I'm also often like, if you read a lot of my leadership posts, the middle section is about how I failed at it or what I thought what was wrong or something. Cause I always want to, to, I don't ever want to come off as I think I know everything about leadership or that I'm the best leader or that any of that. It's like, here's a leadership principle that I've learned by doing it wrong. And so adding that in from a sales team member, from uh, customer service, we, we are a staffing company as well. So our recruiters, people want to work with humans. So getting over that mindset, just get out of your head and get out there and post. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, you know, you mentioned thinking about it like a conversation. I think that's a, I think that is a key mindset to have. Um, because if you think about, you know, as you're having a conversation face to face with someone, you're generally not that much in your head thinking, well, shoot, should I not say, I mean, for that matter, how many times do we put our foot in our own mouth in the middle of a conversation, right? Some more than others. I'm one of the ones that probably does it more often than others. <laughs> but I can, you know, to that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but it's, uh, you know, thinking about it that way, I think the, the mindset of reframing it that way, I think will allow more people to go, Oh, well, yeah, I'm not expected to know every little bit and it's okay if somebody disagrees and whatever. Um, you know, you the know, other, the other thing I'm going to jump in here, Mike is, is say that, um, I think some of the my favorite cre online creators, thought leaders, whatever, and that's a whole other bag of worms that we can dive into. Because what do you call yourself if if you're posting on LinkedIn? And we had a great episode on that with one of my favorites, Steve Watt. This was from gosh a few years ago now, but but we'll leave that topic aside. Um, one thing that I really admire and like about when people share is number one, those mistakes, because let's be real as humans, we learn so much more from mistakes. Um, and when you share your fumbles, your mistakes, your, your, your not so glorious moments, again, you're, you're like you said, Casey, you are showing the human side, you know, you're not some robotic person on the other side or some untouchable um, better than thou entity, you're just a real person sharing um, your your experiences. And the other thing that I think is a big mindset shift, and you've, you've touched on this, is this idea that um, it doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to be good enough. And, 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 and along those lines, what I'm starting to see, because I've been on LinkedIn now long enough to see this happening, is those um, the, the hills that people say they're going to die on that those, 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 you know, uh, unalienable truths that some people have shared, they're now backing away from them. They're saying, you know what I, in 2020, I said this, but it's come to my attention that actually I need to shift my mind. I need to think about this. And so you're starting, I, I don't know if you guys have seen that. I have seen that with some of the folks whom I follow where they, they swore up and down, like, nope, this is the hill I'm dying on. And then it, it happens that they're, they're actually, no, they're changing their mind. And that's the beauty of a conversation. That's the beauty of LinkedIn is that you can change your mind. You can admit that you were wrong or, or bring something, bring a new piece of dialogue to the conversation because that's what it is. It's just a big conversation. Exactly. So, you know, I, 
what I'd love to know from you, Casey, is if you know if there's another CMO out there, marketing marketing leader that wants to do this in their organization. Um, and I'm curious on two different scenarios. One I think is going to be easier for you to answer. One it's going to be much more conjecture, I think. But the the easier one would be. Okay, this is another CMO just like you, who, similar to you, I should say, who has you know a big following that's really kind of figured it out. Let's just say, how should they be coming in and putting a program together, if you will? Yeah, that's that's a great question because I think that is funny, Gabby, when you were talking about LinkedIn and people going back on on what they're saying. Um, the, the thing that I think frustrates a lot of people about LinkedIn is that when people post, they post, uh, with such certainty and concreteness and with such wide sweeping often views versus this is something that has worked in a certain set of circumstances that I've experienced. Right. And it may work for you or it may not work for you. Right. Yes. But uh, you, you don't want to put that disclaimer on everything, but I've started, you know, I've started reading through that lens. I know we we're, kind of, we're not necessarily still on mindsets, but like the mindset of everything you put out there is true for a certain set of circumstances. So like when I think of uh, what is true and works for me, it's not going to be the same for everybody else. But what I've, what I've tried to do and it like from a, from a CMO perspective, um, I would say some of the mistakes that I've had so far rolling this out, uh, I think I went too broad too fast and probably added in too many people to the conversation before I nailed it with a, a few. So I'm kind of going back and doubling down with a few specific groups to help get them activated and then kind of move, move out from there. Um, I would say, uh, if you're going to plan that, so start with a small group, then slowly start to roll that out, get some traction there, then roll it out to the next level and the next level and the next level. And what I mean by that is I, I came up, I came up with three roles in our organization. And, uh, again, if I would do it again, I would probably label one of them different and we could, we could talk about that a little bit, but one was thought leader. One was sales team member and one was human. And so the, the thought leaders were the ones that were going to be, that, that we were going to be leaning into more heavily and saying, this is our point of view. Who's going to be actively taking that out into the marketplace, right? So we had the different ones that are talking about different things. So I offer uh, fractional CMO advisory as one of the offerings that I have, right? So that is going to be one of the things that I bring, right? We have other fractional, you know, but our C our CEO, he's going to be the heart of the company. Like he's going to be talking about where the company is going and sharing news and updates, but also sharing his mission. Like he's going to be the one that embodies the mission. And when he talks about it, you just, you just sense it. So he shares about the awards that we're, that we're giving out to our, our, our team members and the things that like winning best places to work, why that is so impactful to him as, as a business owner. Um, but what I realized is when I was rolling this out, 
calling a group thought leader all of a sudden unintentionally made humans less important. And so it was like, if you're not chosen to be in the thought leaders, all of a sudden you can't lead thoughts. Your thoughts are unimportant. You are just here to, to do the thought leaders. And even though in the rollout, I said, I said, that does not mean that you are not sharing your thoughts, that you are guiding conversations, that you are, you are doing that. It just means that we're leaning in with these, you know, supporting help, you know, create graphics and sitting and, and working one-on-one -on -one with them. But the way it was received by some team members were like, how did, uh, why, why am I not in the thought leader? You know, and, and I get it. And when I, there's probably a better term for that. Um, but if, if there is a future CMO, I still, I still love the roles because they are very specific. Hey, this is kind of how your strategy is from those levels. Um, the other thing, the other thing that I gave that would be helpful for a CMO is I, I think one of the worst things that you can do with LinkedIn is just be all over the place. Mm. Every time you post, it's a different topic. It's a different thought. It's like, oh, I just woke up in the morning and had a thought. I'm going to share it. Like once you get to a certain level, you know, that is more accepted, right? You think of like Taylor Swift, she could post whatever she's thinking and she's going to get a ton of interactions, right? Because she is at such a level and has such a following. If you are, you know, if you've got a thousand people following you and you're posting whatever, like you're not going to get more followers, right? People are right. like, oh, they're just posting about whatever. So I put together this framework that sets a, a set of like, what are your skills? What is your personality? Um, and, and you had to hone each of those down to three. And so right. every time you were going to put out a post, you would have to look, does it fit in one of these? And if the answer is no, then let, don't post about it, right? Just to kind of keep people centered and to help them guide with content. So those are, those are the things that I would, I would guide that I've learned thus far of implementing it. I would call this a skill set, Casey. You know, you mentioned kind of people posting in absolute terms, and I think we've all probably been, probably for sure, been guilty of it. Um, I love that you brought that up because I actually think being able to post in a more nuanced way, while it may not get you as much interaction engagement as kind of clickbaity, like, you know, everything is like this and I'm the smartest person ever kind of thing. Um, I think it's just so much more valuable. There's a, a I brought this up in a number of conversations, but there's a, um, there's this guy, um, uh, he's really big in the health and wellness space. His name is Lane Norton. If anybody, some people might know who he is if you're in that, but um, I don't think he's on LinkedIn. He's more like an Instagram and stuff like that. But anyway, the point being is I listened to an interview with him and he's, you know, top level, like PhD, he's got a research lab, like this dude knows his stuff. Um, so if anybody has the right to be more absolutist, it's him. And one of the things he said was in an interview, he goes like, if I see somebody speaking in absolute terms, I'm running for the hills and I'm looking for somebody who's speaking a nuance because the, the real stuff is in the nuance. And I, I think that's a, that's a really important skill set in my mind to have for anybody that's posting. Because I think it's much easier to create a clickbaity thing and to be more absolute than it is to really thoughtfully put nuance out there. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Uh, so I think there is a differentiation in my mind between 
speaking in absolutes and having a point of view. Having a point of view, I, I tell them, don't post anything that doesn't attach your point of view to it. And it, it can be wrong. Like it, you can be wrong. Your point of view can be wrong. Right. But if you don't, if you don't post a point of view, you're just posting general information that is readily available. There's, you're not, you're not necessarily building any authority. You're just resharing something that's already out there. And that's what like originally people would share like Harvard Business Review so that they'd make you think they read Harvard Business Review and they never actually read anything beyond the, the, the title. <laughs> and I think people still do that today. Like I think some yeah. of these reposts that they don't add any additional commentary on it. They're like, this is just so good. I want you to see it, um, which is which is fine. I mean, that I love it when people repost my stuff because that really helps the visibility, but it doesn't help them in any way, right? Reposts are good for me. It's not necessarily good for you. And so what, what I always say is, is have a point of view, be confident in your point of view. Like that's okay. People want to work with people that are confident that the thing that they are doing is what they believe is going to help you, right? You don't want somebody going, well, hey, uh, like you, you wouldn't hate, like Provisions Group, nobody would ever come and uh, work with us for consulting if we were like, yeah, I mean, we, we do consulting and, you know, sometimes we're able to do good technology work, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, nobody's going to be like, all right, sign me up, you guys. Right. You know, we got to say like, we think, we think we do the best work because we, we care about you as a, mm -hmm. as a person. We care about you as an organization. Our, you know, our CEO, the reason he started this company is because he wants to help people win at work. And the current way we're doing that is through technology. And so like they, they want to know that they want that confidence. Um, but it, but then say like, we are the only it consulting company that could do this job. It's that's, that's a lie, you know, and that's so grandiose that people aren't going to buy that anywhere, but anyway, but come in with a point of view, come in with confidence, mm -hmm. but don't, don't fall to absolutism and everything you post. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's for me, it's, I mean, I obviously talk a lot about our relationship, like girl framework and all that stuff, but I always, uh, I should say always, but a lot of the time I'll add a nuance around it in terms of, well, it might not be for you. Here's where it fits. Here's where it doesn't. Here's sort of the, you know, the, the life cycle of, of the organization where it really does make sense. And while you could apply concepts here, you don't technically need you know, all this kind of stuff. So it's the same thing. What, uh, Casey, one <clears throat> quick question on, on skill sets before we move on to tool sets. Um, it sounds like, you know, you assembled a small coalition from within the organization, a lot of different roles and, and leaderships and individual contributors, so kind of a small coalition. Um, and, and I love that you taught everyone or gave everyone a framework to say, okay, here's how you're going to center your content around this criteria. And this is how you're going to check if, if this is the right criteria for you to be posting. But did you find that among this coalition, there were some skill sets that you needed to work on? And if so, what were some of those skills that, uh, that you needed to, uh, to coach? Yeah, there's, well, there's certain, there's certain just nuances of LinkedIn that you've just learned over time, right? The, how you format the post is a skill set that is, that is something that most people just type, 
you know, and then it's just this big block of text that people don't read. So there's a skill set of, of, Hey, you need to, you need to put a space in between the sentences. It makes it easy. You need to throw some like one, two, three bullets in there. That's a, that's a skill set just of, of formulating, you know, I, I gave them rough frameworks on how to like focus on that first sentence. That is your hook. That's your main idea. Yeah. And you'll see, you'll see LinkedIn influencers out there saying like, this is how to construct the most perfect post ever. I mean, I gave pieces of that because sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but the one thing that I really leaned in on was storytelling and saying, okay, when you post a thought, the way you're going to have people listen to your thought is often adding some element of story in it, whether it is a story of working with a customer, it's a story of, um, uh, yeah, it's some sort of case study. It's a story of when you as a leader failed at something, People will be drawn in. To me, I use stories to kind of draw people in. I'll start with kind of a hook and then some sort of story to kind of draw you in, which again, some people don't ever read any of that. Some people just look at the image that I've posted and they interact with it and they move on. And you cannot, you, a lot of times you can tell because of the comments that they're, they're just responding to the image and they still may have read it, but yeah. So, and then just talking to them, Hey, you know, you should post an image from time to time. Yeah. Those, those kind of general skill sets of, um, how do you, how do you craft a post? How do you, you know, a lot of people don't think about like, Oh, I need that first line to be X, right. Or it's gotta, it, it can't be too long or it can't be too short or, um, or too vague. So that, that is something that I've really been coaching people on mm-hmm. and, you know, there's one guy who he likes to write a lot and he'll write endless. Um, and there's other people that just write really, really short and sometimes that's okay. And so it's kind of working to say what, what is going to work for you and allow you to communicate in a way, in a way that makes sense. Cause again, you're not going to 100% change the way someone thinks, talks or acts and you don't want to anyway, right? There's, there's not a, there's not a set formula that works. If you look at all of the major popular people, they all have different aspects of them that, that drew people to them. So some of it is just general guidelines. And the other thing that I've noticed is, you know, once you flex this muscle, um, more frequently, more often, you'll generally come across a structure that works for you that, that your audience responds to. And then, and then you'll also learn when to change it, when to shift it, when to throw in a curveball, because, you know, we get tired of seeing the same thing over and over again. Um, one, if I may share with you something that I have found valuable for me and my team, and it could be valuable for you and your team, we, uh, we, we have a very informal book club at Proofpoint. It's, it's not, uh, I need to put more rigor to it, but generally I send the team every quarter, I send them a book. They don't know what it is. They don't know when it's coming. All they know is it's that time for me to get a delivery from Gabby. And uh, this past quarter, I sent everybody a copy and I don't have it on my desk, but it's called Smart Brevity. It's by the founders of Axios. Um, I cannot stress just how brilliant enough, uh, just enough how brilliant that book is in terms of writing and communicating for today's, uh, today's readers, today's audiences. And um, we are almost finished with the book uh, collectively as a team. And I have already noticed a a huge shift in the way people are communicating in Slack, 
in email. And also we, we are piloting a small group here at Proofpoint of people to nurture their online, um, their LinkedIn content. And, uh, and I'm seeing a shift there as well. So take a look. It's called Smart Brevity. Nice. Super easy read. Um, I am not a paid spokesperson. I just, I love books. And so this one is a good one. Hopefully it will serve your team as well. That book can't so be very long, can it? I'm it's sorry? Actually, it's not very long. That book can't no, be very long. I mean, the, the title being Smart Brevity, they're like, yeah, it's a 750 page book. You're like, <laughs> no, it is so quick and easy. Uh, you know, that would actually be hilarious. If you <laughs> did that. And like the last 200 and whatever, the last like 600 pages are just blank. Yeah. One word on <laughs> each page. To, just to yeah. mess with people. Yep. Um, something, have- you know, you mentioned uh, the thought leader thing, uh, like people taking it the wrong way. And I, I thought that was fascinating because, again, a, a mentor of mine, one of the things I've taken away is, you know, words matter, use them wisely. And I was thinking about this as we were talking, and I wonder if the right way to label it would be like the narrative evangelist, because evangelist isn't leader. It's you are the evangelist and the narrative is like the core point of view. And then you can then easily say anybody can be this, but we need to designate who it's who are the people that are really responsible for it, because they're the ones that have to lead it and everybody else can contribute. And that way, you know, nobody feels left out and be like, oh, well, why am I not a leader? Yeah. And, and I'm not, you know, I kind of said it in, in jest earlier about like them complaining about it, but honestly, like I can see why that hurt their feelings because it kind of comes across saying your, your voice doesn't really matter. You are there Mm -hmm. to support others. That is more important. And so I think, I think it's, it's more of a, like, let's just try to clarify what we mean by the thought leader, the, you know, a torchbearer or what, you know, whatever it's going to be, uh, just so that people don't get, uh, an unintentional, Hey, yeah. you're, you're not, you're not important. It's kind of like yeah. when we called people essential workers and non-essential workers, <laughs> that was probably not a great idea yep. uh, for all of us non-essentials out there. So. Yeah. Yeah. You well, know, I- well, the other scenario I'd love to really briefly get your thoughts on. So we talked about like, we've talked about really everything from your perspective. Hey, I've, I figured this out. I've got a lot of experience with these things. There are a bunch of, I would say probably for the most part, most CMOs out there have not actually figured this out. They're not doing a good job. If they do have a a big following, it's strictly because they got, you know, 10,000 connections about 10 years ago, just by hitting the connect button. Um, They don't really post and things like that, but they might now recognize the need and the value of doing this internally. They want to do it. How do you think somebody in that position can do this and should should go about doing this? I know it's conjecture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think some of it you just have to start. Um, most most people that I see, especially regardless of whether you're a CMO or any other thing, they usually start with, "I'm going to tell you everything." about marketing or whatever industry you're in. And that's all they post about. And that's, I mean, it's, that's not terrible, but it's not going to differentiate you. Like if I only talked about marketing, I would be like most of the other CMOs out there. And there's a lot of other CMOs that are much more popular than I am. And they've kind of cornered the, the, the market person, you know, kind of in that space. And so when I started, uh, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a CMO at the time, but I, 
I was like, I, I kind of tried it. I tried a little bit posting about marketing. And so now I weave marketing into my, my content, but it's less about marketing and it's more about clarifying your message. Cause that makes, that makes a lot of sense for me. Right. And, and one of the, you know, one of the advisory services that I offer is helping people walk through a message clarifying exercise. It's a three phase process. And so me talking about that makes sense for who I am as a CMO. Plus it highlights a, a service that I'm offering. And a lot of CMOs are not kind of in the same spot as, as me, because they are just, their only role is a CMO for a specific company, right? And they're looking to, to build that pipeline and, and they're focused there. I've got this weird sort of dual role where, you know, I am doing that, but I'm also advisory for other, other clients so that it has its own set of challenges and, and it's, it's interesting, but, um, yeah, I mean, if, if a CMO is out there or anybody that is out there just needs to start posting and you're going to see what's resonating, what's not. And the key is instead of if, if you post stuff and it's not resonating, don't just stop, right? Yeah. Try something else. Try something like if you go back in my feed, there's stuff all over the place. Um, and I would see one thing hit and I was like, Oh, that was interesting that that hit. And maybe it was just, I got a good wave of algorithm that day and <laughs> it, it, it never came back. Um, or it was a signal and you just gotta be able to look for those signals and stay in it long enough and, and you'll get there. And I, I did not do what you just said about going and following a lot of people. That was one of the, I'm, I'm going to do this in the future. I don't know when, but this sort of like carousel of, uh, here are the things that I didn't do to grow my following. Yes. And it was, you know, there was, there was for a while, it was go connect with 10 new people a day. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I started that. And then all of a sudden, all the people that I was interacting with and that I wanted to see their content, it was gone because all these new connections would just come in and they would just fill up my feed. And I was like, well, where are all those people that I'm like, I I'm, I'm creating these relationships with, I want to see them. So I really stopped doing that and I just started engaging more. So it was, yes, I was posting and yes, replying to comments and doing that, but I started engaging with other people's posts. More people would see that, more people would follow me. So like I have probably less followers than a lot of people, but if you look at, at my engagement rate, it's, it's higher because a lot of those people have chosen to follow me. They didn't just connect with me because I sent a, re a request. So there's, there's a bunch of different ways to go about it. Uh, this is just the way that, that I've built it. All right. Well, it's Mike, interesting Mike, that you bring Mike, that up. Mike, I really have to cut you off here. I'm sorry. <laughs> this, is, this is why folks, I need to be on this show again, because Mike will just ab ab abscond with the conversation. Okay. Casey has a hard stop and we've got to get to tool sets, results and lightning route. And I have an, uh, 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 lightning route. We can skip if we need to. Okay. So well, let's let, we okay. probably will. We're I gonna... love this combination. Can we just, I want to watch more of this show. That's the show I want to see. So we had a show. Like that. We have, we have put it on. Pause. Anyway. <laughs> All right. 
no, but tr- truthfully, I do, I do empathize with you, Mike, because I feel like we can talk to Casey literally all day. But he, he is well, a busy CMO. He's got a hard. Let's, let's talk. Let's talk so, tools. Really quickly, Casey. There's a bazillion, gajillion tools that anyone could use out there. Tell me about the tool sets that you were using with your small cohort at Provisions Group. Yeah. Well, you know, again, I wish, I wish I had a bunch of, so it's really funny. Um, I think often titles are, are, uh, interesting because of what you think of when you see a title. Um, so at my previous role, my title was executive director and I, I was on a team of about 30. My title at this company is CMO and I'm, uh, there's four people on my team, right? So that means that the the CMO right now, as I'm building this team, is sometimes writing email copy, sometimes doing web pages, sometimes doing X, Y, and Z, right? And so I am currently coming in and reformulating our entire tech stack. Uh, we've got a lot of tech sprawl, which is easy to happen no matter what size you're in. And so I'm coming in and I'm consolidating all of our technology. And so we were using, we were using Hootsuite um, for our overall posting. We're moving away from that. Um, But honestly, we're just using LinkedIn. Now the new platform that we're going to, we're, we're moving to HubSpot and we are going to be using that to begin tracking analytics so that we can tie in and we can, we can do some of that stuff in there. But a lot of it is we are just trying to get in and start to see some traction. So I'm having them post directly into the platform. We are, we are sitting down and looking at it. Cause again, I don't have an endless budget. And when I think of what tools do I need? I think so many times that people think a tool solves a problem mm-hmm. and you're like, no, not always it, it, the us moving, you know, us consolidating all our tech, that's going to help solve a problem, but that's not going to solve all of our problems with pipeline or, you know, growing X, Y, and Z. So I'm trying to right now more get them in the habit of posting and going in and commenting. And then we're like manually looking at leads. Mm-hmm. So we are, we are, we are talking about, Hey, what, what happened? Um, you know, some of them come through Calendly or, or, you know, these other link, uh, those type of things, or some come to the website and fill out a lead form, uh, and they'll reference, uh, we saw it on LinkedIn, but, a lot of times it's just, oh, hey, I had, I had six DMs yesterday and we're talking, you know, I'm, I'm having conversations with them, right? Uh, yeah. and, and, you know, you talk about performance. Uh, one of my guys, he had, I think he had 12 likes on, on a post and a couple comments and a lead. Right. So it, it does not matter because I had, a, I had a post that went super viral, right? Like 5,000 and all this kind of stuff. Zero leads. And so like those, you get so caught up on these, these numbers and followers. And, and, you know, I think he's got like 1500 followers. He doesn't have 15,000, 20,000, 30,000. Like you chase those things because that's where you think, oh, that's when we're going to start getting an impact. But it, it's not, it will scale to that if you do it the right way. But honestly, from a tool set, just get in and start using the platform as it's intended. And then we'll figure out all the other stuff, you know, like shield analytics and Salesforce navigator. Those are things that are, that are part of our ecosystem, but a lot of it is, is really just getting out there and doing, doing the dirty work. I will say, I will say one tool that you mentioned earlier that, but I think is worthy of a mention right now 
is that framework that you built for your team. Um, you know, what am I good at? Where do, where are my skills? Where are my expertise? What's my personality? I don't, I don't know the full framework. Is that something you might be able to share with our listeners? Yeah, we can, we can put that out there. I, I got it from some, I don't even know where I got it, but I modified it so that it made sense more for, sure. for our team. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to share that. Um, the, the best, I think, honestly, the best part of that is the personality, right? Like what, what do you want people to know about your personality? And so one of mine, I put humor or funny, like I want people to think I'm funny, but if you look at a lot of my posts, a lot of my posts aren't funny, but my comments are. And so I put a lot of my humor into the comments because mm-hmm. I'm a very like talky humor guy. Like I, that's where my jokes are and timing and that typing it out sometimes because I'm sarcastic. It can be read as, yep. oh, <laughs> this guy is serious and he is a jerk. And I'm like, no, I'm, if you, if you would have seen my face, you would have laughed. It was funny. <laughs> I wasn't serious, you know? So, um, so yeah, like the personality side, like who, yeah. You want people to know who you are because again, it's the human and people buy from humans. So how do you, how do you want to be perceived? Yeah. And I know we already talked about mindsets, but what, uh, something you just mentioned, I think is another really important one, which is that follower count doesn't really matter as much as people think. And it's, I think an important thing to really get in the individual's heads is like, why are you doing this? What is your objective? Because I think a lot of time people will look at, you know, let, let's take our industry marketing, people will look at like the Dave Gerhardt's of the world or whatever. And it's like, well, unless you are trying to build a solopreneur brand where follower count matters, that's not, like, you shouldn't be emulating. Not, not saying you can't learn anything from, from him. Well, Mike yeah. is only saying this because I have 2x the number of followers <laughs> that he has. <laughs> Just saying. Um, she also connects with more people than that. Anyway, um, you wanted more of this, Casey. Here it is. Um, <laughs> so good. Fiftieth uh, well, episode. Quick. Yeah. Oh yes, I have to get to the. Okay, so unfortunately, listeners, it doesn't seem like we will have to our lightning <clears> round. Maybe we'll have Casey squeeze in a lightning round later. Um, you did share, but which I appreciated. Um, you shared both tool sets and some of the results. I know that. The cohort that you've built is still early days. You know, it's still a work in progress, but you've already shared with us that, um, you know, leads are coming in. Dialogue is happening. DMs are happening. So in case there's anyone listening today that is still on the fence about whether or not it makes sense to 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 uh, invest in LinkedIn, uh, let this be just another proof point for you that it is worth it. Um, quickly, my my announcements to everyone that has listened to this phenomenal show. This is our 50th episode. Woo! We are so excited. And thank you, Casey, for being our 50th guest and our 50th conversation. I want to let everyone know that there will be a very awesome, you don't want to miss this giveaway on LinkedIn. For those of for those that follow Proofpoint and follow me, you know that I love gifting. You know that gifting is a big part of our culture. And uh, Casey has generously offered to give um, us one of his signed copies of The Boy With Horns. So that'd be one of the fabulous gifts. And um, just to wrap this up, because I know, Casey, you've got a hard stop. Thank you for being part of this show. Thank you for being our 50th guest and sharing such valuable information. I do empathize with Mike because I know that we both have so many things we want to chat about with you. Um, for our listeners out there, how can they get a hold of you? 
Well, the, the best way, I mean, we've been talking about it. The whole episode is LinkedIn. That's where I spend the most time and, and interact. Um, you can also go to sketchwell.com. That's where um, I post regular blog updates. I've got an email newsletter and it's just, how do you, how do you take complex messages and make them uh, simple with sketched out visuals? Um, and then you can go, if you, it, this is just kind of a, uh, if there's anybody out there that wants to write a book, a kid's book, you can go to theboywithhorns.com and that has, uh, I blogged through my entire process of how I, you know, from just the idea to writing the manuscript, to choosing a publisher, to doing all that. So you can go there and get, get all that information. Again, just my point of view, like, and read the last one. Cause it's like, here are the things that I would have done differently if I, if I do it again. So those are the, those are the places. Awesome. Casey, thank you so much. We enjoyed the conversation and, uh, and, and we're, we're excited to, uh, to continue it soon here. And uh, maybe a part two is in the way. Maybe a part two, right. <laughs> We'd love to have you back at some point and understand, okay, from this cohort, what were some of the results were some of the learnings and yeah. how are you now uh, driving this throughout the organization? So keep that in mind for a part two. Well, I feel like I w- it would have to be the hundredth episode. <laughs> Like just a, yes. just let's just bookend it. Yeah. Every yes. 50, you bring me back. I love that. That's a great idea. <laughs> Casey, thank you so much. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to the Master Marketer Show and helping us get to this milestone. And we'll be back next week with another phenomenal episode. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Master Marketer Show. We'll be back next week with more B2B marketing success stories. Visit our website, www.proofpoint.marketing, for the full episode library complete with show notes, guides, templates, and more. Make sure to follow Proofpoint Marketing on LinkedIn and YouTube so you never miss an episode. Listen every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time.